Do you ever stand up from your desk and feel a pain in your lower back? Or do you ever reach for something and feel a little tinge? Well, that's what we're really talking about today is staying active and especially in retirement so that you don't really have those mobility issues. And so what we've done is we brought on Ashley Lou Kirkman, who is going to talk to us about a variety of different things that you can do uh, while you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement when it comes to your mobility, your health and wellness, uh, different types of exercises. So we, we throw a bunch of different questions at her. Uh, in all different areas of physical wellness. And uh, we really think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, we, we Merce and I, when we, when we talked to uh, Ashley, we said, look, here's what we want. We want to be able to talk to people that are, that are wanting to stay active, but are the people who are listening to our podcast. So she did a fantastic job of helping us to think that through. I was telling her in the interview, which you'll hear, as I said, look, you know, I'm 48, my knees are starting to hurt. I got to figure out new exercises. And so she starts talking about all the different things we can do. I, I agree with Merce. You're going to really love this interview. Um, I would like to remind you though, before we get started. If you've not had the opportunity, so many of you've done this. So let me just say thank you. But if you can give us a five-star rating, we love the five-star rating, but if you can also give us a written review, that is so helpful to us. We use those written reviews to help us to make sure we know that we're talking about the right things or what we might need to talk about. Please do that. Uh, and we certainly hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. All right, everyone, we are excited to have you with us today for what we think is going to be a very interesting interview. And the reason why, you know, Merce and I talk about all the time that we uh, really want to talk about three aspects of life close to and into retirement. We've got our financial stuff we talk about, we've got our legacy stuff, and then we got our lifestyle. And we think that's so important because when you get into retirement or you're planning for retirement, you, you want to stay active. You want to make sure that you're doing things that keep your health at its top. And so we've done a couple different shows, but this one in particular is we're talking about fitness and wellness. So we have a very special guest, Ashley Lou Kirkman. And I got to meet her actually through my wife because I went to one of the classes that she uh, teaches and it was very, very fun and good. So thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. Good. So could you just tell us a little bit of your background, kind of how you got into the fitness world and kind of what that means and how that's developed in your life? Absolutely. So I got into fitness back when fitness and wellness was called aerobics <laughs> a long time ago. So when I was growing up, I was very into to sports and athletics, but also I was big into dancing as well. And when I was 16, so I was still in high school, I was very young. My local gym that was just a very low key gym, my favorite aerobics instructor um, was having a baby and 
this was back in the day of like high low, which I don't even know if that rings a bell to either one of you, high low aerobics or step aerobics. She had to go out on maternity leave and they just were like, you know, do you want to get certified because you really like this? And so, you know, my mom drove me like an hour away to take this, like at the time, which is like this general, like aerobic certification. And that was when I was 16. And that's how I got started. And since that time I have, I have taught dozens of different types of fitness classes and have made it a second career. I say a second career because it's not actually what I do as a full-time, my, I say my, my real versus fun career, like this fitness has always been my passion project. You know, it is the case now that many people have full-time professional, you know, careers in fitness. I straddle this dual life. That's like a corporate America type role. Fitness is always going to be my passion. I will never give it up and I always keep doing it. And so I never stop. So through growing up or going through college or law school or working, the only time I haven't been involved in fitness um, is basically just the few weeks after I, I've had my children and that's it just because I simply couldn't. Um, and I've even taken it to, instead of just instructing, you know, I've started two different companies. So I enjoy the entrepreneur side of fitness and wellness as well, especially as it relates to Raleigh and like the local community here, because fitness and community is very, very important to each other. And that really is what has made group fitness and, and community wellness so popular over the last several years is that it is something that we do like as a community together. So I've been in the game for a very long time. I always joke with people that I will quite certainly probably be that lady in the nursing home, you know, doing chair yoga or just, you know, circling her wrists and that's the movement for the day and that's okay. You know, as we go through life, seasons change and we have to adapt and I'm quite certain I will probably be doing this forever. That's awesome, Ashley. Thanks for the little background and thanks again for joining us today on this podcast. Um, so I completely agree. The Raleigh fitness, the Raleigh um, fitness group area is just a very tight knit type of community with all the different local gyms that we have and all the bigger gyms. Me and my wife, we're pretty active as well. Um, and our team here at, at Peace of Mind, we actually had the opportunity to do like a little team building thing with you at your gym. Uh, and it's called Flowcore, I believe, downtown Raleigh. Tell, can you tell us just a quick snippet as to what that gym is? What type of exercises you're doing there? Sure. So yeah, I'm a coach at Flowcore. And Flowcore is a, is a version of a high intensity Pilates based workout. So it's different than traditional Pilates on a reformer machine that has been around since Joseph Pilates long, long, long ago. The, the equipment that is used in Flowcore is called an X-former, and it's a spring-loaded base machine that gives what it is, in my opinion, one of the best, most incredible functional strength workouts that you can really find. It does not, it's, it's, it's unparalleled to anything you can do with just body weight or just grabbing a dumbbell or any type of other machine. So it is certainly based on Pilates, but it's sort of like an evolved version um, that's been really pulled into the group fitness scene over the past several years and is really popular. Um, and we also have Woodway treadmills, which are human powered treadmills. Um, Flowcore is very much on the cutting edge of you know, functional smart fitness, which has been really big the past couple of years as the fitness and wellness industry continues to get more and more educated and smarter and more efficient and just really thinking about what is best for our bodies as opposed to just let's sweat for 30 minutes. So Flowcore, high intensity Pilates and really enjoyed having your team there. 
Well, good. Well, so what we wanted to do, you know, uh, and we talked to you about this prior to this interview is the most of our clients that are becoming clients or listeners to this show, we, we, we talk to people about getting ready for and living through retirement. So most of our listeners are around 55 years of age and older. Okay. And so we kind of want to talk to you a little bit about fitness and wellness around that age group. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm personally 48. And I know that, you know, I used to love to, to run and, uh, and I used to love to play a lot of basketball and, and we would play football and do all those kind of things. But obviously, as you get older, certain things begin. I told you right before we started this interview that I've had some issues with my knees and it particularly is getting worse. So if you think about that age group and we start talking about, hey, for us to stay, for that age group to stay active and to continue on, if you had to put it into a category, like what should be the goal? Like how, how much, how often, how long should you work out? Like what, what, and what would be the idea of what workout means? Right, right. So that question is so common and something you hear all the time. And if you Google it, you're probably going to get a bunch of canned answers. And so I want to respond to that in, in thinking sort of like transition the thought of exercise to movement. And in fact, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before is, is the industry, the world, everybody is sort of moving away slowly from the concept of exercise to movement. Because at the end of every day, your goal isn't necessarily, I need to work out, I need to exercise for 30 minutes. It's about, I need to make sure I am moving X amount of the time every single day. Um, when you set goals that are just specific to exercise, say, I'm going to work out 30 minutes a day. What are two potential pitfalls to saying that? Okay, that, that's great. If you can fit in a 30-minute workout um, every day, that, that's not bad, but two things. You could be sedentary the rest of the day. You know, much of us, like our, the entire human race, essentially, at this point, is largely sedentary because of our jobs, because of the way the world works, because of the convenience of the world. You know, we're not out having to walk places, work in the fields, whatever. We sit down largely at a desk. And then if we squeeze in a really intense 30-minute workout, great. But ultimately, we're still largely sedentary people. And that is going to lead to ailments and chronic pain and injury. And the other thing is, if you're saying you're just going to do that, the chances are a lot of the times you're actually not going to fit it in. Something else is going to come up. So instead of setting and how much should I exercise every day, really look at the concept of just daily movement. I think exercise itself is awesome. It's what I do. I will never say don't exercise, but I also like to encourage people to, you know, yes, yeah, set out a workout plan, make it varied, make it interesting. So you're getting everything that you need from an actual workout perspective, but also how can you move during the day? And it's so surprising how much movement you can incorporate into your day that makes a big difference over the long run. You know, just simple things, you know, parking far away and, you know, parking in the far corner of the grocery store, right? And then walking and then walking back. That's movement that you wouldn't otherwise have gotten, taking the stairs, walking the dog, you know, making intentional, you know, if we're not on a Zoom call talking to each other, half of my calls are not video. Stand up, stretch, you know, like do something other than just sitting and listening. So if, if I were to say a best case scenario in life, 
I would say, sure, absolutely aim to work out that intentional focus period where you're saying, I'm going to do high intensity Pilates for 30, 45 minutes. I'm going to do cardio. Do something like that 30, 45 minutes, four to five times a week. But more importantly, incorporate movement into every single day. Days should not pass where you do not have multiple sources of movement in your life. And maybe that looks like, you know, cleaning the house, doing whatever it is. And it really does add up over time, over life, over decades, especially as you start to get older and, you know, your ability to just go and hit that high intensity workout or whatever may not be as realistic and that's okay. But it's that daily, those movement sessions that you just fit into your day in your life that make a huge difference. So it's interesting you bring that up because I would just think, you know, if you just do the workout every day, then you're probably, you're, you're losing some calories there. And then if you have a decent diet, you're probably okay. But it's really interesting when you talk about how you don't really think about how sedentary your lifestyle is. Um, I mean, I'm in front of a computer for eight hours a day and uh, we are fortunate to have these sit stand desks that a lot of people have now. So that does help a little bit, but mm -hmm. for the most part, yeah, you're a little sedentary. Um, what are your thoughts on all these different devices that have become so popular, like the, like the Fitbits and the Apple watches, the Apple watch, by the way, I had to turn it off because it tells me to stand up every 60 minutes or something like that. And I don't like that reminder, but there's so many things out there now, like yeah. Fitbit, Apple watches, other step counters. What are your thoughts on those? And those are those good, uh, you know, for that, that age group to be using? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not opposed to them. I have an Apple watch, surprisingly, despite the fact of like who I am and what I do, I don't ever use it to track my exercise at all. I predominantly use it one to find my phone, to ding my phone because I lose my phone all the time and, and messaging. Um, you know, it's a catch 22 with the step trackers and whatever, because people get so focused on calorie burn and things that largely ideally are unimportant. They are important, but what, what I don't like to see with people, like if I'm doing a personal training role or just generally is, is too focused on the granular level of like, okay, well, I need to take this many steps or this or burn this many calories so I can do this. It's just an unhealthy way to look at food, to, to look at movement and how that fits into your life. However, having said that, it can be an awesome reminder, like the stand up thing on my watch. And I feel the same way. It's crazy. I'll go, you know, bike for three hours. And my watch tells me to stand up and I'm like, who do you think you are? I don't want to see, <laughs> but you're right. I should, because I've been sitting for two hours, you know? Um, so, so, you know, depending how you use them, I always encourage people not to overuse them. You know, don't rely on them because at the end of the day, a step tracker and I've watched, it's never going to get you a holistic wellness point of view. Um, you know, they're kind of trying to get there with like sleep and nutrition and all that, but it's when you get too attached to things like that, that they become a little bit, um, you know, more dangerous in, in just like how you think and frame movement in your life. So movement should be enjoyable. Movement should be shown. It shouldn't be a penalty if you don't hit your 20,000 steps in every single day, but Hey, if it helps you kind of keep track of like, Hey, it's, it's probably a good idea for me to get up and walk. I mean, you know, some people really like them, like the techie aspect of them, you know, as long as they're not making you obsessed 
and you know overly obsessed about one little granular thing like your steps or your calories or something like that use them especially if it encourages you um, or at least reminds you to do some of these things that we're talking about today so I, I got a question around things that we need to like okay so I understand I'm appreciate talking about movement and then I want to talk a little bit about what we should avoid. And I'll give you a, a quick example of what I did. So a few years back, when I started to really feel that I was having something just not be right, for example, with my knees, yeah, I still decided I want to run and I wanted to run long distance. And so I started and I kind of like started ramping myself up. But my knees were starting to hurt as I was doing this whole thing. And I was getting ready to go do this running uh, event. So anyway, I thought to myself, well, they're hurting. That must mean um, that I'm not exercising enough. So I decided to ramp it up instead of coming back, right? So I was like, I'm going to get everything together. And then I started to feel it's a little bit better for like a couple of days. And I went, oh, it's working. And then it just crashed. And all of a sudden, my knees are like going really bad. And I'm swelling. My knees are swelling. So I said, okay, I can't run. I went and saw, um, uh, in all essence, a, a orthopedic doctor was like, what is my knees? And there's what are you doing? I'm like, I'm running. He goes, well, don't run anymore. That impact is not helping your knees. So what would you say that people need to avoid? Or what would be the, the thing that could be like that checkpoint to say, okay, that's probably not a good deal for you. If you've gotten to this point, like what would be the thing to say, okay, I need to change instead of trying to push through? But yeah, I mean, it all goes back to the old saying, no pain, no gain, right? Like ditch that. Like, I don't care what age you are. No pain, no gain does not make any sense. Being in tune with your body makes all good sense. And so while you, you know, you may not be a doctor, you may not be a you know, physical therapist, a trainer to really know exactly what's going on, especially in hindsight and probably at the time, right? And you knew, you know, my knee, it's not feeling great. And, you know, you probably, before you actually went to the doctor, there was probably a large period of time that you knew you needed to do something you were just continuing to hope that it would go away, right? We all do it. We just assume that we'll, we're gonna get better. And as, as we age, the likelihood of our body just miraculously healing itself gets lower and lower. And so really being in tune with your body, it's not really something to avoid, but it's something to do is, is, is huge. If something is bothering you, if something doesn't feel right, listen to it and, and make sure you try to address it and figure it out before it gets to the point where you, you need surgery or you can no longer do activities that you enjoy. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course four steps to secure your retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. couple other things to actually, you know, avoid is doing too much too soon. A lot of people get really motivated at certain times, you know, maybe it's the beginning of the year, or maybe they just have a, you know, a moment where they're like, I am going to get in shape and I'm going to be healthy. And they go out there and they just do way too much too soon. You know, just like with anything 
you know, ex any type of exercise has, you have to gradually get your body used to it. There's nobody that can just jump into anything quickly. Um, I'll use an example because since you guys have been to Flowcore, we have had professional athletes come in that look exactly like you would expect a professional athlete to look as strong as anybody that's walked through the door that essentially cannot even hold themselves up on you know the machine in certain positions and and are you know have the risk of hurting their muscles or sprain straining something because they're not used to that so it's it's all about listening to your body being in tune with your body and treating it you know with respect when you're trying to do something new um Another thing to avoid is do is 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 too much repetition of the same thing. So doing even if say you are active, the pitfall for most people, they get into a routine because a routine is comfortable. A routine feels good. You like it. You know, maybe maybe your thing is running. People love the feeling that running gives them. They get this runner's high. They love it. But what happens if you do the same type of movement every day for a year, five years, 10 years, say you've been doing it for 20 years, something has got to give and you're going to have an injury associated with that if you if that's all that you do. Um, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more later, but you know, different ways of movement is the number one essential thing that I will preach to anybody is I want you to move, but I want you to move in a ton of different ways. Um, and not only is that more effective for what you're trying to do, you know, whether it's gain strength or get healthier, but it's also so functional. It's going to help your body, you know, the, be able to respond to whatever life gives you. You know, we don't have a choice to choose, you know, usually if we get injured, if we fall or if we tweak something or we twist the wrong way, it's, it's because we're, our body's not used to moving in that manner. Because what do we usually do? How do we usually move forward and backwards? and forward and backwards. And that's not how life works. Life is not forward and backwards. It's three-dimensional and we should be moving as such. Um, the other thing to avoid that I like to tell people is don't fall into the trap of like the trendy fitness bandwagon. Right. You know, like there's so much out there and, and many of the time they mean well, but it's also a multi-billion dollar industry. So just like anything else, there's gonna be a lot of garbage out there and if it sounds too good to be true, it is. <laughs> and especially if you're new to the, you know, to, to getting back into like movement and exercise, start with really trusted sources. So you know that it's something that actually makes sense. And if you're gonna commit the time and effort to a program or a particular type of workout or, or new routine, then make sure it's going to be worth it. And so just don't jump on any fitness bandwagons unless you're really sure that they're going to be effective and safe. Yeah, I've been, I, I think I have been um, guilty of doing that at times. And I, I would do pretty much everything that you said that you're not supposed to do, which is <laughs> I, I jump on it and I say, all right, I'm going to do this every single day. And either I get tired of it, I hurt myself, or I just don't see results. But so I completely agree. You got to build up to something and then you got to find what works for you. So sticking with that, say we've got, you know, a, a client or anyone that's listening 55 and up and they have those joint issues. They have like the lower back issues and that's deterring them from doing the workout that they know, which is maybe just going for a walk or getting on the treadmill. 
Um, so there's been a lot of different and I would say more innovative workouts that have popped up that are more lower, what's the word here, lower impact. Yep. What are some of those that you would recommend? Like, I know I have a Peloton bike at the house and mm -hmm. I think the spinning motion is very low impact, um, but there's probably some negatives to that. But overall, what are some of your favorite type of lower, lower impact styles of working out? Right, yeah. So before I give you some examples, I think an important distinction to help everyone understand is the difference between impact and intensity, right? So low impact essentially means it is an activity, it is a movement where you are always going to be grounded at some point, you know, you're not going to be boom, boom, for lack of a better explanation. So impact, high impact is running, jumping, you're, you're coming up and coming down and the stressors of having that gravitational pull down. Um, and so that's impact. So you're right. Yes. Spin, indoor spinning, things like that are going to be low impact because you're always grounded. Granted, you're grounded on a pedal, but you're grounded. Intensity is the level of either strength or cardiovascular or whatever fitness measurement you're using, how intense, how hard, how much you're stressing your physiological portion of yourself during the workout. So while something can be low intensity and low impact, it can be high intensity and high impact, or it can be low intensity and high impact. I mean, or, or vice versa, right? So those two impact and intensity, they can really cross cross. So that's beautiful because as we age, or even if you're younger with a with an injury, you can find various lower impact exercises that you can still achieve higher intensity. So for example, flow core would be a low impact exercise, but high intensity because of the muscular fatigue that you two both experienced on that machine. You know, it wasn't easy. The intensity was high, but the impact was low. There's no pounding. Um, on a car, uh, for a cardiovascular perspective, now I will say I am biased because my love, my passion is indoor cycling. And so there's nothing better to me because you, you can get that intensity, that heart rate, that cardiovascular boost as high as your body will allow with zero impact. So you're grounded. There's, you know, there, there's, there's stressors if you're not riding properly, of course, on your knees, your back or whatever, but it is not the same as going for a run and what your body feels like after a run than after it gets off a bike. However, your heart rate, your cardiovascular output could be exactly the same. Um, so from a cardio perspective, I love an indoor bike, or if you just generally think about anything you might find in a gym, you know, a treadmill, if you're just walking is great. That's going to be low impact, low intensity, which is perfect on some days or maybe always for you. Um, elliptical machines are going to, are going to be the same in that regard. If you're off, like sort of like in a piece of equipment, walking outside, of course, is great, but I'm also a huge advocate of yoga. I think yoga is fantastic. It makes you move in ways and in spheres and planes that you would not otherwise move. Um, it helps with mobility in general in so many wonderful ways. And fortunately, yoga gained a lot of popularity over the past decade and it's kind of stayed there because luckily it, it's perceived as, as trendy. So then it stays popular. So more people do it. But um, yoga is fantastic. Um, and then also just general strength training, because that's going to be something that no matter what your mobility 
you know, capabilities might be, if you can't go out and run fine, you're still going to be able to strength train at whatever level you're capable of. So those are some, some things that I think are really great. Yeah. You know, uh, I bought an indoor bike this year mm -hmm. and uh, right around the beginning of COVID, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this, man. I will tell you, I have never sweat it's i mean just the i just it's amazing and i'm like how can this happen because i yeah. mean you're 30 minutes on a bike and i mean it is just like unbelievable how much of a workout and i agree with you i did that because i was told hey that's not going to be bad on your knees and blah 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 so and it wasn't um but yeah that's a great one but i got a question for you and i know that you do class type uh teaching for or in instructing for this. So if a person's listening and I'll tell you my experience and then we can re you know, relate it. So, you know, whenever my wife, Lauren said, Hey, let's go to this class. You know, you're, my first thing is how oh, I don't want to go to a class because I go to a class and they're going to tell me to do something and I can't do it. And everybody else is going to be able to do it. And you're just intimidated that you're just going to be like, you know, laid out on the floor, or not be able to do anything. So if somebody's listening and they're in that, you know, range that we've talked about and, and so they're trying to get into things, whether whatever it might be, Pilates, yoga, uh, whatever type of environment, and they think, hey, I would like to go to a class, but I just don't want to go into this class and feel like I'm just the oddball here. What yeah. would you suggest on that? Like, what, what kind of recommendations would you make? Sure, absolutely. So. So the first thing is just just look at the schedule. If you're already kind of honed in at, a, you know, I want to try yoga. There's this place that's close to my house. Look at their schedule. Chances are with almost all studios, you are either going to see an introductory class, something labeled intro, beginner, level one. Most studios are going to have something that are there exactly for that reason, that are meant for newcomers to come in, to feel safe, to feel comfortable to really just kind of get acclimated before they jump into the, you know, the regular version of whatever that modality might be. Um, talking to the instructor, if you don't see that, or even if you do, when you go up talking to the instructor, you know, fitness professionals now are very, very well trained and they're trained in not only what they do, but also in customer service. So, you know, they're probably going to already know you're new before you even get there. So when you arrive, they're going to ask you about, you know, whether you have any injuries, any movement limitations, things like that. So most studios, if they're good ones, they're going to be kind of ready for you by the time you get there. So they can ask you the questions, you can talk to them so you can feel safe and you can, you know, enjoy your time. Uh, the other option is to start with a personal trainer, you know, to kind of get your comfort level, get your fitness level up to a certain point before you start dropping into the larger group classes where you may be, um, you know, have a little bit less personalized attention. Personal trainers are fantastic. You know, they are going to be obviously one-on-one. -on -one. Some of them do small group, but they really give you that individualized attention that can help you get more comfortable maybe to go to some of these classes that you might be a little bit too intimidated to go to to start. Gotcha. So, so I want to go back to uh, one thing you mentioned about kind of switching up your daily routine. So maybe let's say we have someone that just, I don't know, they walk their dog every morning at 9am and that's their daily routine, but they walk them for an hour, right? And they, yeah. they probably get a few thousand steps in, walk a few miles and that's it. How can someone uh, switch up that routine or, or maybe even while they're walking change the way that they're walking in the sense of like pace for 
a few t- minutes at a time or something like that, right? Like, so right now I do the, uh, the Peloton bike almost every morning, but that is getting very, very repetitive. The reason yeah. is I'm waiting for some equipment to come in, which I know has been an issue uh, as far as supply chains and everything, actually getting the equipment delivered to your house. But I'm really excited to throw in some weight training to my routine. So what can someone do if they're, they're just doing something simple like walking? What, what, what would your advice be there? Yeah. So, you know, for some of the more basic things like walking, one way is just to always, whatever you're doing, whatever movement you're doing, think, try to think outside the box. You know, what else can I do? Obviously, that's what this question is about to help you think outside the box. Something like walking is, of course, first thing is to switch up your intensity, right? Switch up your speed try to go a little faster, you know, try to be more mindful of like what you're doing, getting your arms involved, you know, moving more of your body. I like to refer to our bodies as our machines, right? And, and to remind people, whether we're moving in something simplistic, like everyday life, we're walking the dog, or whether you're in a hardcore workout, your body is your machine, and it is all connected. So when you're, when you're moving, you know, move big, you know, increase your intensity, pick up your pace a little bit over your hour walk, you're going to feel that change. Um, You know, more importantly, the dog may have to like sit and wait or look at you a little bit funny, (laughs) you know, but I talked earlier about like, what do we usually do? We work, we, we go forward and back in life, you know, that is called our sagittal plane. And so every opportunity possible, I like to get out of my sagittal plane. So what that means is we have a transverse plane, which means it it basically cuts your body in half from the top and the bottom. So anything rotational and twisting, and here's a fun fact. I can't remember the percentage, but it is a frightening large majority of people in any given day, never once rotate. Rotate right now, Raiden. Merce, rotate your body. (laughs) Have you done that yet today? I haven't, I'm tight. See, isn't that wild to think that like in any given day, sometimes we don't even rotate our spine. We are so geared to this front and back movement, which is crazy. The other plane is our frontal plane. So like any type of movement from side to side. So if you're out walking, you know what? Rotate it, you know, and start walking laterally. You might look a little funny, make sure you're in a safe space, you know, but walk laterally. Um, things like, you know, grapevine that you would do in, um, or like karaoke people call it like in sports kind of drills. Doing something, walking laterally, taking side steps, you know, maybe if you're going to be in the sagittal plane, slow it down, take a little step forward, give a little lunge, take a little step forward, do a little lunge. Again, just anything you can do to make that walk something other than just the same walk that you have been doing for your entire life. Um, And keeping the planes of motion in mind is something that is so basic, but so important because we are so conditioned not to move in any other way. And again, like when we go out into life, when you reach down and you grab your grocery bag, when you reach down and you grab your grandchild or your anything, you're reaching down to push and it happens to be to the slight left of you. You have to go down, you have to rotate, then you have to load from your lower body and your posterior chain to press up properly so you don't pull your lower back or mess up your hip or mess up your knee. And that is why we pull our lower back or mess up our hip or mess up our knee is because we're not conditioned to move 
in a functional smart way. And that's functional smart fitness at its core and in, in pushing people outside of that normal day-to-day -day life. So if you're just walking or even if you're just going around the house, you know, you're doing house cleaning, say you're running the vacuum cleaner, you know, like, you know, make some intentional steps side to side, you know, make some rotational steps, get out of that front and back plane in everything that you do as much as you possibly can. It's funny, you know, one of my worst in injuries that I ever had was at a, a stop sign. Because <laughs> I went to look back and I did that and I couldn't move my neck for like uh, four or five days after that because I was so tight from making a move that I wasn't used to. And it was one of those you have to look way back. And I was like, whoa, man. And it just tightened right up. Exactly. And it's like and, and that happens because of the imbalances we create in our own body. And that's that goes back to the don't do the same thing every day. You can be the best runner in the world, but heaven forbid you have to twist and rotate and pick up something a little bit heavy doesn't yeah. matter, you know, you're done, you know, you're going to tweak something because what, what that does is us, us doing the same thing. It creates an incredible amount of imbalances and we're one machine, right? One body, everything's connected. You know, something that happens in your right shoulder is probably because your left hip or your left hamstring, right? right. That's how connected we are. And unless we force ourselves to move outside the box, we are going to get injured and we are going to have chronic pain because we are not, a, we are not adept to, to handle it with our bodies in this day and age. Yeah. Well, I know this, I know we could sit here and probably talk like this for like hours and just talk about different things. And it, and it, it's so interesting. It's amazing to me that the time has flown so fast. But, so uh, Ashley, if, if somebody's listening and they're thinking, Hey, I wouldn't, I would like to try whatever a Pilates class, or I want to, maybe get some assistance. I mean, I don't know how that works with you. Are they able to contact you or where would you direct somebody if they want to get more information based on some of the things you've talked about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, variety of ways. I mean, if, I mean, I am happy for people to contact me via email. I'm super active on Instagram. If it's a social media, if people are in social media, I don't have a bricks and mortar location right now um, that I, I mean, that I like personally own. I'm doing a virtual thing and then I'm coach at Flowcore. So email, messaging, any type of contact is great. And I'm happy to share that information and chat sure. with as many people as possible. So what we'll do is in our, our show notes and everything around this show is we'll put your email, we'll put your Instagram, all that kind of stuff uh, that you provide for us. And that way everybody can just click on it and find it. Okay. Right. Thank, great. You, thank you so very much. We yeah. thoroughly appreciate you coming on and it's certainly been very interesting. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Enjoyed it. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.